0: Good morning everybody. Uh, It's lovely morning. It's lovely to see you all here as we come to worship God and welcome to those who are on Zoom um, watching it now and those who might watch it later. It is so good to be together. No matter what is going on in the world or in our community, our God is sovereign. Uh, He is the creator God. He has created the world, the universe. He's created us. He loves us and he is in control. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And those words are so true of our God. We're going to uh, start um, with a a song that I I had about six weeks ago. Uh, It'll come up on the screen. It just reminding us that uh, we're here to worship our Creator God.
1: that swim and all the birds that fly were made from your Through the sea, you painted stripes on every beam, and all the grass that grows and all the leaves that fall are part of you.
0: Continue to to worship our Creator God in song.
1: John.
2: the hearts of men has called us to be his disciples. He also calls us to fast and pray for others who proclaim Lord Jesus as the Son of God. But beware of false prophets who may show signs and wonders. You will know them by their fruits. They come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raven wolves. Many may come trying to distract you from your path. Amen
3: great is your faithfulness i say to myself the lord is my portion therefore i will wait for him the lord is good to those whose hope is in him to the one who seeks him it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the lord
2: we couldn't come into your presence without that sacrifice of yourself upon that cross, Lord. We don't come into your presence apart from that, Lord. But you've drawn us to yourself, Lord. You've drawn us to the Father. Your Holy Spirit has been working mightily, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord, that you're completely for us, Lord. Whatever the circumstances, you are for us, Lord. You died on that cross for our redemption, for our salvation, Lord. Oh, Lord, how can we but come and praise you and worship you and give you thanks? You alone are worthy of all honor and glory and praise, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Bless you, Lord. Amen.
0: I was reading Isaiah 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Oh Lord, it was just beyond our understanding that we can dare to be in your presence. We are unclean. We are, we live amongst a people of unclean lips. And yet because of Jesus, we can come before you. We can call you Father. You who are holy, holy, holy. lord almighty thank you for that enormous immense incredible privilege of coming before you
1: Praise the name of Jesus Praise the
0: so father we just bless you and praise your name that that you are in control of everything and and whatever happens to to us you're you're there just to pick us up and you have the victory oh father we just thank you so much that you have that victory and that we're yours and you're ours and oh gosh i don't know what we'd do without you and lord lord we're just so thankful that you are the, the victorious one thank you lord Amen. Father God, we thank you that you delight in the praises of your people. May the praises that we've offered up this morning truly please your heart, because they have come from our hearts, to our Father God. Amen.
4: Hello. How are we doing? Good, isn't it? Um, right, so for our all-age talk today, what I'm actually going to do is show a short video that I've put together, and then I'm just going to bring some reflections on the video. So I'm not going to talk anymore now, um, so we'll just watch the video, and then I'll bring some reflections on that. Now, when Jesus was about 30 years old, he was just gonna start teaching and doing miracles. But there were two very important things that had to happen before he started. First of all, Jesus' cousin, John, was telling everyone about Jesus and how they should listen to and do everything he said so that they could be saved. John was baptizing people in the River Jordan jesus went to john to ask to be baptized and when he came up out of the water a voice from heaven said this is my son i am really pleased with him and i love him then the holy spirit descended on jesus like a dove the next thing that happened was that jesus went into the desert to pray and fast fasting is not eating and drinking and jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days that's nearly a month and a half without food at the end he was really hungry the devil knew this and he tried to trick jesus into disobeying god he said to jesus
1: if you really are the son of god why don't you command these stones to turn into bread as much as you want, and you'd be satisfied.
4: Jesus turned to the devil and said the Bible says you shall not live on bread alone but the words that God says this annoyed the devil so he took Jesus up to the highest point of the temple in Jerusalem and This time he tried to trick Jesus by using words from the Bible. He said,
1: Why don't you throw yourself off? Because the Bible says
2: God will command his angels to catch you, so you don't hurt yourself.
4: Jesus said, The Bible also says you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. The devil became increasingly frustrated and he thought he'd have one more try. This time, he took Jesus up to the highest mountaintop, and he showed him all the wonders of the worlds and the kingdoms in all their splendor.
1: I have the power to give all of this to you. I will make
5: you ruler over everything you see. and worship me.
4: Get away from me. Jesus shouted.
2: The Bible says you shall worship the Lord your God only. Don't worship anyone but him. Stop trying to get me
4: to
5: disobey my father in heaven.
4: At this, the devil realized that he couldn't get Jesus to sin. So he left in a rage. And then angels came down to look after Jesus. So, why have I shown you this video? Why are we thinking about Jesus fasting in the wilderness for 40 days? Now, it did say in the video, but I don't know if you know what fasting is. Well, what it's not, is running around really quickly like Usain Bolt. Fasting is going without food. And Jesus gave up food in the wilderness for 40 days. Jesus went into the wilderness where he wouldn't be disturbed and he could be alone to pray and spend time with his father in heaven. His heart's desire was to get closer to God and to be empowered by the Holy Spirit at the start of his ministry on earth. As we saw in the video, at the end of his time in the wilderness, he was hungry. He would have been physically weak. And this is the time that the devil chose to tempt him. But because... He'd been spending time with his father in heaven because he'd been spending time with the Holy Spirit because he'd been praying and fasting for all of that time. Even though he was physically weak, he was spiritually strong and he was able to resist the temptations of the devil. You see, the devil was trying to put doubt in Jesus' mind. Did you notice in the video the devil said if you are the son of god he was questioning what jesus had what god the father had said just after jesus was baptized this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased and the last temptation the one about being ruler of the world it's interesting this morning in our praise time we were declaring God's Jesus kingship lordship over the whole of the world over our lives over (laughs) Newhall over England over the world but the devil was trying to trick, trick Jesus he was basically saying to Jesus that I will make you ruler of the world without you having to pay the price without you having to go to the cross to pay the penalty for the sin of all the world the devil was saying i can give it all to you but he couldn't and that's so symptomatic of our world today isn't it we want everything in an instant without having to pay the price but jesus was strong He knew that this was not his father's plan. And if Jesus had selfishly accepted, then creation wouldn't have been saved. And actually, you and I wouldn't be here now. So thank goodness Jesus was spiritually strong and he loved his father in heaven so much that he wouldn't go against his will. But why are we focusing on this now? Well, you probably know that last Tuesday was Shrove Tuesday or Pancake Day, as I prefer to call it. Um, And Wednesday was Ash Wednesday, which starts, marks the start of the period of Lent. Lent is a period when Christians traditionally prepare to celebrate at Easter. And often, we choose abstinence in something um, to help us focus on Jesus, remembering his time in the wilderness, his time of purification and preparation for his ministry, and then preparing to celebrate his resurrection. And as we move into this Lent period, as a church, we're also moving into a period of fasting. Um, where well, we'll choose to give up something. Uh, typically, food on one day a week, but Martin will talk a little bit more about that later. And as Jesus fasted, he became spiritually strong. And as we fast, we also will become spiritually strong and will receive the guidance of our Heavenly Father in the in the life of the church and what the church is seeking to do. But I think that's probably enough for me and Martin will talk a bit more about that later. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mark. Um, Can we take up the offering and it's also time for the the young people to go to their groups, but uh, we'll pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for for our young people who are going out now to their groups. We thank you that you and your Holy Spirit are not confined to any one place. We thank you that you're going with them uh, to enable them to learn more about you as we learn more about you and your will for for our lives. We thank you for this offering. Uh, We thank you for all that you've given us. And sometimes hard to find new ways to express it Lord. But as always, we want you to be sovereign in the use of the finances of this church, Lord, that they will be um, spent for your kingdom and not for our purposes. Amen. We now have an opportunity um, to bring intercessory prayers to to God. There is so much going on. Um, We've had this week, the the first anniversary of Russia's invasion of of, um, Ukraine. We we still hear about uh, the the dreadful situation in Turkey and Syria with the the earthquakes. Um, Just so much, big things, little things, um, but if they matter to us, they matter to God. And so this is an opportunity to bring intercessory prayer to to our Heavenly Father.
5: And that situation, Lord, such suffering and uh, wanton loss of life. Lord again we cry out to you may your will be done may your kingdom come more in Ukraine on earth as it is in heaven we pray Lord for an end to war we pray father that uh, somehow you would intervene and uh, enable the uh, Putin and the Kremlin to see the futility and worthlessness of this uh, war But Lord the nations of the I pray that the nations of the world would unite in opposing uh the continuation of this war and that lord you would bring it to uh, a swift end lord we ask this in jesus name amen
3: from these critical injuries we pray for the nurses and doctors who are looking after him we pray for his family we particularly pray for his son who witnessed this terrible shooting and father we thank you that people came together afterwards just to show unity Uh, To show that those who perpetrated this act of violence will never win. So, Father, we just pray that you will be in that situation. We pray for continuing peace in Northern Ireland. And we pray as um, our Prime Minister tries to bring about some kind of agreement um, with the EU. Father, we just, we've prayed this morning and thanked you that you are Lord of Lord, Lord of, of of the whole earth. So we ask that you'll be sovereign in this situation and that good will come out of this evil act. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Day of A new reign
0: of terror in North Korea against Christian people. And Father, we just lift them to you. These are our brothers and sisters, albeit in a different country, speak a different language, look different to us, but they are our brothers and sisters that belong to you. Lord, we've heard of some of the horrendous things that have gone on in North Korea, and we just lift this country to you. We pray for freedom for that country, Lord, for the men and women and children there, Lord. We just hold them up before you, Lord, today. Amen. Father God, we thank you for the confidence that we can have, that you hear our prayers and that you answer them. Thank you, loving Heavenly Father, for answered prayer. Amen. The passage that Martin's going to be speaking from is Acts chapter 13, the first three verses. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Father, it, uh, may be a short passage, but there's so much in there. And we ask, uh, as Anne prayed earlier, for your Holy Spirit to anoint Martin now, as he shares with us, all that uh, you have given him to say in, in his preparation for this morning. And Lord, as always, we want to hear from you. And we want to know what it is you're calling us to do in obedience to what you say to us this morning. Amen.
5: Thank you, Alison. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but there seemed to be a weight of God's presence here this morning. Was anybody else sensing that? I just felt the Holy Spirit whisper that I needed to physically bow, so I did. And then as I, as I went down on my knees, I literally felt pushed to the floor. I was trying to resist, but the Holy Spirit just kind of pushed me down on my face. So um, it, wasn't, it wasn't planned. Um, I just felt the, the weight, the, the presence of, of God's Spirit. Um, I hope you did too. But the, God is doing something in this church. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a freedom, there's a spontaneity in the Spirit coming. Do, do you sense it? There's a, there's a new joy, there's a new openness to the Spirit at work. Um, it's really exciting we want more don't we and i'm here to fire you up for more i'm here to say that the holy spirit wants us to want more and the holy spirit wants to say to us that the way that we express our desire for more can be through prayer and fasting But anyway i'm getting ahead of myself um i don't know if you're aware of the um christian media whether you tune into premier, uh, the uh, Christian premier radio, or whether you tune in to any of the Christian channels on TV. Um, If if you do, it'd be hard to have not seen something about the revival that's taking place at Asbury in Kentucky in uh, the US. Um, For those of you who don't know anything about it, um, on the February the 8th, At Asbury University, after a routine chapel service in the university, about, about, uh, I believe, 20 or so students um, didn't want to leave the chapel because the sense of God's presence was so strong that they didn't want to go to their lectures. They weren't striking or, in fact, some of the lecturers themselves stayed behind as well. They weren't due to go on strike like our lecturers here. They, they just wanted to stay in the presence of God. So they stayed in the chapel and they stayed there uh, over the next 24 hours without eating. Um, I think they, there were drinks available, but they didn't eat. So they were fasting as they were because the, there wasn't, they didn't have any desire to eat. And then this kind of carried on this 24 hour, pattern of worship uh, just carried on and uh, more and more students from the university came in and um, people started to come to faith. Uh, these, are, these are people, 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds streaming into the chapel. There were no lasers, no bands playing, It was just a piano or a guitar, very stripped down, very basic. There was no words on the screen. It was just songs that people were singing. So no smoke and mirrors and laser shows, just really basic. And I I believe that over the last two weeks or so, over a hundred thousand people have been through the chapel and it's still queues outside the the university to get into the chapels. They've had to extend it um, to using other chapels in in neighbouring universities and, and the whole town has been overwhelmed with people just wanting to worship and pray and seek God. Um, If you've seen any of the footage on the live stream, you'll have seen many young people just kneeling at the front at the altar, committing their lives to Jesus. There have been people uh, healed of diseases. There have been people set free from occult stuff, uh, from addictive behavior habits that they've had for years. Um, there have been people who have just wept in the presence of God. But all, all the testimonies are that there's just a, it's a very gentle and peaceful sense of the presence of God in the chapel. No, nothing hyped. No one's bigging anything up. In fact, there have been some Christian celebrities like Rick Warren and some big worship bands who've, who've said, we want to get involved. And the Asbury University said, no, we don't want you. We don't want celebrities this is not about big names coming and speaking and leading worship we don't want any of it we just want the presence of god and that's what they've got hundreds and hundreds of young people coming to know jesus Um, if you know anything about asbury university it has a history of revivals so in the 1950s and 1970s there were significant revivals where Thousands of young people came to faith. And as a result of that, there have been missionaries sent to Africa, Korea, all over the world as a result of the revivals from Asbury in the 50s and 70s. Isn't that wonderful? It's too early to say at the moment what God is doing in this particular uh, revival. And I'll call it revival because people are coming to faith en masse. That means a revival. There's fruit, in other words. But one would hope that God would raise up a load of missionaries again to go out and spread the word around the world. It's amazing. And uh, you get the cynics and the the naysayers coming in and saying, oh, this, this, that, and the other, ignore it. This is a genuine move of God. And we need to celebrate it and not be cynical. I'd rather be naive about these things than cynical. Nothing worse than being cynical when God is on the move. It's a killer of the work of the Spirit. Um, Craig Keener, who is a significant New Testament scholar at the neighboring Asbury Seminary, and I have a number of his commentaries on my shelf, says this about one of his colleagues who prayed and fasted for revival at Asbury before he retired and he had to go home. He writes, visiting scholar Hong Liao, So you can tell he's not American, prayed and fasted for such prolonged periods that I grew concerned for his health. Well, last week, he flew back to Asbury to witness the fruit of his prayers. Isn't that incredible? This guy, this scholar, had been praying and fasting for years, for decades, we learn, to see God, a move of God at the university. And he'd already gone back to Hong Kong. And they had to call him and say, do you know what? God's answering your prayers. And he came back and his, his eyes were just filled with tears when he saw the auditorium just full of young people coming to know Jesus. The power of God at work. Isn't that amazing? So in other words, folk, this pattern of revival comes from people who pray over the years. There's a hunger and thirst for revival at Asbury. That's why God shows up. Now let me say, before I get into the text, let me say this. The pattern of Acts 13 is very similar to what we see at Asbury. While they were worshipping and fasting, the Lord said, probably through a prophet, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. In other words, it was as the church at Antioch were worshipping and fasting and praying that the Holy Spirit came in power on the church. And exactly the same thing has been taking place at Asbury. And there's a just in Antioch, there was a move out in mission through Paul and Barnabas that changed the world. Don't we want to see missionaries raised up from Asbury to change the world? Don't we want to see missionaries here raised up and sent into our community into our workplaces into our families that would change the world don't we want to be part of this move of god do we have a hunger and thirst to be part of this move of god a few words about fasting Um, fasting is um, i'm talking here about fasting from food primarily not from uh drink somebody asked me that and said no please drink because you won't last long if you don't Fasting, according to the Bible, um, most of the fasts you'll see in Scripture are one day or two days or three days. Um, Unless you are specifically called of the Holy Spirit to fast for longer, please don't attempt a long fast. Please don't, unless the Holy Spirit calls you to that. Occasionally, I have um, been called to fast for two or three days, but normally it's just a day. So please don't try and run before you can walk with this. Why do we fast? Well, a quick review of scripture. Fasting increases our sense of humility and dependence on the Lord because our hunger and physical weakness remind us that we're not really strong in ourselves, but that we need God. Fasting allows us to give more attention to prayer because we're not spending time on eating or preparing food. The sacrifice of fasting from food is a reminder that just as we sacrifice personal comfort in fasting, so our whole lives are to be a sacrifice to God. Fasting is good exercise in self-discipline, which is why um, if you're struggling with sinful habits and addictive patterns of behavior, fasting can help you to break those because it's an act of spiritual warfare, which is why Jesus overcame satan through prayer and fasting in the desert fasting with prayer heightens our spiritual awakeness to god as you go without food and you're in an attitude of prayer you will become much more attuned to the spiritual realm you will also become attuned to not just the holy spirit but also to your own sin and you will be tempted powerfully and intensively the devil will seek to sow doubt in you. You will become much more awake to the spiritual realm, both dark and light. Fasting is a way of expressing our hunger and urgency to see God's power break through in our lives and the lives of others. Fasting is a physical way of saying, Lord, I hunger for you right now more than I hunger for food. It's a desire to feast on the power of the Holy Spirit and to see breakthrough in growth and very often if we're seeking to break a sinful pattern or habit fasting is a good way to do that if we're seeking direction in life for ourselves or for the church fasting is the way to do that now caveats um i need to be sensitive here if you have um an unhealthy relationship with food if you've struggled with eating disorders please do not fast simple as that do not fast from food if you have eating disorder you can fast from social media how much time do we spend on social media scrolling 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 count it up every day it's scary isn't it get off the games get off the social media and pray how much time do you spend reading um get off that and pray instead you can fast from reading you can fast from social media you can fast from gaming whatever it is for you make it work for you but Fasting in scripture is primarily from food, but if you're pregnant, <laughs> don't fast. If you're, if you're recovering from surgery, don't fast. Just be sensible um, about it. You can fast uh, from other things other than food. But the primary way of fasting is fasting from food. Because there is a link between food and um, spiritual awakeness. It just is. Our spiritual appetite is pictured or mirrored in our physical hunger. Our physical hunger reminds us that we do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Our physical hunger echoes or points to a greater need for more of the spirit in our lives. Um, We're inviting you um, to fast for one day a week through the season of Lent. So that's the next four or five weeks, isn't it? Um, Jesus doesn't command fasting in the New Testament, right? But he does say when you fast to the disciples. He doesn't say if you fast or if you choose to fast. He says when you fast. He just simply assumes that his disciples will fast. So just as we pray, just as we give, just as we exercise spiritual disciplines and uh, do practices, so Jesus assumes that we will fast from food, just assumes it. So I can't command you to fast. Jesus doesn't command you to fast, but he does invite you to fast, right? Okay? So don't fast out of a sense of, well, I'm going to do this to kind of for my own means of getting um, affirmation or to make myself look more spiritual. Please do not fast if that's your motivation. Get your heart right first before you fast. We are not fasting to make ourselves feel better or more spiritual. We're fasting because we want more of God, right? It's for his glory, not for us. So very simply, um, if you've never fasted before, just try skipping one meal on one day a week. All right? Just baby steps. Just try starting off by just missing one meal. For some of you, that will be quite difficult. Um, if you want to fast for 24 hours, perhaps just finish. Um, have your have your evening meal on, uh, say, a Tuesday. And skip breakfast and dinner on the Wednesday and then resume with your evening meal on the Wednesday evening, that would be a a 24 hour fast, very simple, keep it simple, but drink plenty of fluids as you are fasting. Okay, so don't, let's not make it too difficult. Okay, let's get into the text. Four things that um, I, I think we can learn about fasting and prayer from this passage. First, the Spirit guided them as they fasted. Um, The situation, the context was that Saul, that's Paul and Barnabas and some of the other leaders in the church, were worshipping and fasting because they needed to know from God what is the next step in the mission of the church. Jesus had already told the church that they would, the, the disciples, that they would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth, right? And Saul had already been set apart and told that he was going to be, um, by God, he was going to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, to the Gentiles. But the church needed to know who else and when and how this mission work might begin, right? So there they were, seeking God, worshipping, praying, singing, fasting. And the Holy Spirit said, which is a prophecy, all... All scholars on the book of Acts agree that this was a prophet speaking, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So the Holy Spirit came in power and gave a very specific word of prophecy. And they laid their hands on Saul and Barnabas and sent them out on their missionary journeys. And the rest, as they say, is history. My hope and prayer is that through Lent, we as a church would come together and fast for a day a week. And that we would be asking God to speak to us through this time, just as he spoke to the church at Antioch. Do we believe that the Spirit speaks to the church? Well, we have a prayer meeting next Sunday evening at six o'clock next door. Be there or be square. Six o'clock next Sunday evening, where we can come together as the church and ask the Spirit to speak to us. But as you are praying and fasting each week through Lent, why don't you ask the Spirit what he's saying to the church? Write it down on a piece of paper, if you're old school, and hand it to me. Or write an email and hand it to me. Or write a WhatsApp or a text and hand it to me. Or a messenger. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter, so... Don't do that. But do anything else. Hand it to me. Say, I believe that God is saying this to Heleville at this moment. As you pray and fast, be open to the Holy Spirit. And I've put some prayer points. There are that you can come up with your own as well. But on the back of the news sheet, which you get on physically on paper or through your email, so some of you will need to go and look at that news sheet again, because you've ignored it. But read it. Right? Read it. I'm not looking at anybody. There are some prayer points. Pray for breakthrough in people coming to faith in Jesus, being baptized and added to the church. Pray that we would see young people and families joining the church through the work of Emerge, Alpha, Let's Do Lunch, Schools Work, Kingdom Tots. Pray for God to send us a few young families who can begin to help us grow our outreach to other families. Pray that many families would join us to celebrate at our all-age Easter service on April the 2nd. Pray for the power of the Spirit to fill us with fresh joy and power and love for God. Pray for those who've drifted away from the faith that the Holy Spirit would draw them back to God. Pray for those struggling with difficult circumstances that God would strengthen and deliver them from Satan's attacks. Pray for wisdom to raise up new leaders in all areas of church life. That's just for starters. Pray for God to do a new move in this church as he's doing at Asbury in short get praying. Use the prayer guide on the news sheet. Second, they desired God's presence and guidance more than food. The reason the church at Antioch were fasting is that they were hungry for a move of God. Just like the students and staff at Asbury were hungry and fasted and prayed over years and years, and God poured out his spirit, and is still pouring out his spirit, wouldn't it be great if our hunger for God through this season of Lent led to a fresh outpouring of the Spirit wouldn't that be incredible are you hungry for that we're hungry to see men and women boys and girls come to know Jesus and be baptized and added to his church are we hungry to see people coming into the church because they want Jesus prayer and fasting is where it's at As we get serious and hungry for God, God will meet with us and pour out his spirit. We see it through history. We see it happening right now in Asbury. And we can see it even in New Hall. Can anything good come from Nazareth, they said of Jesus. That's where he was born. Can anything good come from New Hall? Of course it can. Because God's spirit is here and moving and alive. Third, this was a church-wide fast, not individuals fasting separately. Now, this needs some explanation because in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, doesn't he, that uh, do not do your good works for everyone to see. You had Pharisees who were standing on the street corner praying loudly. Look at me. I'm wonderful. Look at my prayers. Here I am. I'm a religious, pious person. And they would paint their faces pale so that everybody could see that they were fasting I'm going without food because I'm holy and pious and righteous look at me you know the critical issue is not whether people know we're fasting or not it's our attitude you this was a public fast in Acts 13 the whole church were at it you're not going to keep it quiet and secret are you but what they weren't doing was parading their own righteousness they were fasting because they wanted a move of God they wanted guidance direction for the church they wanted a move of the spirit so it's not about being secret so much as about the attitude of our heart if I'm fasting because I want to show people how religious I am that's that's self-centered that's sinful but if I'm fasting because I want more of God And it doesn't matter whether I know there are other people fasting in the church. If my heart's right, it doesn't matter, right? It's about attitude, not secrecy. Let's not get too hung up on these things. Okay, fourthly and lastly, I'm coming into land. Worship, prayer, and fasting changed the course of history. Before this word of prophecy came, the Holy Spirit From the Holy Spirit, there was no organized mission of the church beyond the eastern seacoast of the Mediterranean. Before this, Paul had not made any missionary journeys westward to Turkey, Greece, Rome, or Spain. Before this, Paul had not written any of his 13 letters in the New Testament. All of this began with one prayer meeting of people praying and worshipping together. The the Bible you have in your hand, half of it was written because of this prayer meeting, right? Right? Because Paul was sent out on all these three missionary journeys and he wrote 13 letters as he visited and planted churches all over the ancient Near Eastern world. You have a Bible in your hands because of this prayer meeting in Acts 13. We have a worldwide church of over two and a half billion Christians because of this prayer meeting in Acts 13. You are sitting here today because of this prayer meeting in Acts 13. The revival is going on at Asbury uh, University because of this prayer meeting at Acts 13. God turns the world upside down when people come and fast and pray. Um, Reading a bit from John Wesley's journal he tells of a deliverance coming as a result of fasting and prayer this is a bit before your time and mine in 1756 the king of britain called for a day of solemn prayer and fasting because of a threatened invasion by the french who else (laughs) wesley recorded this in his journal right listen the fast day was a glorious day such as london had scarce seen since the restoration Every church in the city was more than full, and a solemn seriousness sat on every face. Surely God heareth prayer, and there will yet be a lengthening of our tranquility. I love that language. Isn't that beautiful? And in a footnote, he later added Humility was turned into national rejoicing, for the threatened invasion by the French was averted. I love France. I will say that. I have French relatives but this is an answer to prayer, isn't it? Um, Countries like South Korea have embraced prayer with fasting seriously. You've been to a South Korean prayer meeting? You know what I'm talking about. Those guys know how to pray and they have seen exponential growth in their nation through prayer and fasting. John Piper in his book, A Hunger for God, says this, quote, might God not ordain that his fullest blessings will come to the church when we prevail in prayer with the intensity of fasting? That kind of intensification of prayer is what fasting is. It's a physical exclamation mark at the end of the sentence. The sentence being, we hunger for you, O God, to come in power. It's a cry with our body, not just our soul. I really mean this, Lord, this much I hunger for you do we hunger for God do we hunger for a move of the spirit do we hunger to see prayers answered and this community transformed maybe God is calling you and I to prayer and fasting let's pray Lord I pray for a move of your spirit in all of our hearts Lord, give us a desire, a hunger to see you move in power in this church, in this community, in this nation. Lord, set our hearts on fire again with a hunger and a thirst to see the outpouring of your spirit in our nation and our time. Forgive us, Lord, for our apathy and indifference. Forgive us, Lord, that we're we're so dulled by the distractions of our time and age. We fill our time with games and uh, things, Lord, that are trivial, But Lord, help us to fill our time through Lent with prayer and fasting and seeking you. Oh Lord, have mercy on us. We repent of our apathy and indifference towards you. We repent of our dulled hearts, Lord. And we ask Spirit of God for a move in us. Lord, we ask Spirit of God that you would give us a hunger and thirst for more of your Spirit to see breakthrough in our church, our community, and our nation. Oh, Spirit of God, would you do a work in us, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, this final song really is a, is a prayer, it's a cry, Lord, pour out your spirit on us, thank you.
0: Yeah, so as as a response, we're going to sing this song, um, it says we are thirsty for you to flood our lives, it could as well say we're hungry for you to flood our lives. Let's, uh, as Martin said, sing it as as a prayer of response to what we've heard.
1: We are thirsty for you to flood our lives We are thirsty for you today We are thirsty to see and say and you're
0: on each one of us individually and as a church lord and maybe you don't feel that hunger and that thirst and it's okay to ask for it as a starting point to ask for the hunger and thirst and then to ask for the infilling of the holy spirit in response to that thirst oh lord we thank you that it's what you long for us as as individuals and as a church Keep us faithful in praying, in in seeking your spirit, in being open to an infilling of your spirit. And Lord, give us a sense of anticipation for what you can and will do as a result. In Jesus' name we we ask. Amen. Amen.